Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Decade in Review series here on the Evan Roberts Podcast. This is the finality. This is the Sports Talk Radio Decade in Review. And joining me to do it, a guy who's produced the Midday Show... Almost the entire decade. Almost the entire decade. I think like two months short of completing the entire decade. February 2010 is when I started. So basically you did do the entire decade. Almost, yes. I think I was around enough to know what happened the first two months. Yeah, I think so. And that, of course, is Ernie Acosta. This podcast is going to be less than two hours, right? Yeah. (laughs) I I can't do two hours like you've been doing with these other guys. No, no, no. It's... It's different because I think when you go through each team and you go through the entire 10-year period, there is just so much. And there's Mm. so much to talk about. There's so much to unpack. Here's what we're going to do here. Very quickly at the start, we're going to go through all of the local teams, every one of them, including the New Jersey Devils, teams like that. And I will tell you what I think was the biggest sports talk radio topic around that team over the last decade. And then we'll kind of figure out what has been the three or four biggest sports talk radio topics Of the last decade. But one thing to keep in mind. Championships and winning does not exactly lead to big sports talk radio topics. No. I was thinking about the Giants. And we'll start there. Why not? The New York football Giants. Obviously, the Giants are the only team in this town that can say they won a championship in this decade. Yeah. Right? Yet, when I was thinking about what's the biggest topic around the Giants on sports talk radio over the last 10 years... Their Super Bowl run was not really given a thought because the run was great. Everybody was into it. We talked about the Giants every day, but then that was it. They won a championship. There was no controversy. Yeah. Well, we've we've talked about this before. Negativity sells on sports talk radio. So, for you to have a big topic, there needs to be people on both sides of the spectrum arguing over yep. the topic. So, if a team wins a championship, what else is there to talk about except you're happy for a couple of days and it's on to the next season? You're right. You're right. And that's why with the Giants, there were two that jumped out at me over the last ten years. Number one being Eli Manning's legacy. Yep. That's the first thing I thought of. That was your number one? Because I think it has to be something that spans years. If we're talking about a decade, then it has to be a story that spans multiple years. And like you said, a championship, it's you know, it's good for a few days a week, a month. But Eli's legacy has been basically the debate for the past six, seven years now. Yeah. Is whether or not he's a Hall of Famer, is he an all-time great? 
So I think it's easy that that's the biggest topic for the Giants. The, the only one that rivaled it was Odell Beckham Jr. Because while Odell, it wasn't the entire decade, for the last couple of years, I think since the moment he came into the league, he was a lightning rod. Yep. And so the topic around Odell would vary between, do you like him? Did you Are you pissed off about this touchdown celebration? Well, when did it first start with, because you say he entered as a lightning rod, but when did it first start to take a negative spin with Odell Beckham? <sighs> It I was probably, after his first year. His first year was pretty clean. Well, his first year, remember, he was hurt early on. Yeah, right. And so we didn't really get a chance to see him But play. there wasn't much negativity around him until... No. I mean, well, but, but you know what? In fairness, the first mm-hmm. debate around Odell Beckham Jr. was should they have drafted Odell Beckham Jr.? Right. There was a or lot the, of Giant fans. Or that the offensive lineman. Zach Martin yeah. was the guy. And obviously, mm-hmm. Zach Martin's had a really good career. And as we sit here at the end of the decade, I think most Giant fans would say, damn, I wish they drafted Zach Martin. Right. In the moment, it was a fair debate. So I... <laughs> I think with Odell, it started with that. Should they draft him? Then he has the hamstring issues, I think it was, that kept him out of camp, and he missed the first bunch of weeks. Then he bursts onto the scene. He makes that incredible one-handed catch. And then I think it really started with Josh Norman. That's when I think it began. That's fair. Yeah, when they were fighting on the field. Yeah. Yep. And Tom Coughlin didn't really handle him the right way necessarily. And that was the beginning of Odell. So I think Odell is up there. I think he's a strong two to Eli because the Odell Beckham debate kind of went through a few years and featured different aspects of it. Right. And once he's gone, he's gone. It's pretty much over once, yeah. he's, once he's been traded. Eli, obviously, is still here. And the the debate over his legacy is probably going to go on for decades now. Yeah. Is, is, he an, is he a Hall of Famer? And the Eli legacy debate started when they won the second Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't remember it as much after they won the first one, but I think once he became a two-time Super Bowl MVP, you know, guys like me who think he's a Hall of Famer, guys like you who don't, I do not. we were all kind of set in with our, with our arguments, and yep. it's been going on for a decade. And it's still going to go on for a while now. Yep. The, the Jet one to me is Rex Ryan and mm-hmm. kind of the debate over is he a good head coach and is he a blowhard? And that featured a lot of non-Jet fans opining about Rex over the bunch of years that he was the head coach of this team in this decade. Because remember, he obviously was the head coach coming into this decade and he was let go after the 2014 season. So he was here for a good part of the decade. And there was discussion leading up to that. I mean, obviously the year that he got fired wasn't the first time we started talking about if Rex should be let go or not. It was for a couple years before that. We were discussing if Rex should be fired. So that fills that criteria of it being a few years. Um, I mean, I thought a little bit about the Revis trade, but that was, that <sighs> was, that was only a few months. Yeah. And so Rex was years, and even after he was fired, there's debate. Should they have fired Rex, Ryan? Should they have stuck with him? Because obviously since him, it's been all well, downhill. But and, and we still get calls about people like as a throwaway line, hey, Rex sucked. And yeah, right. Jet fans, right. myself, Joe included, always come to his defense saying, hey, they went to back-to-back freaking right. tight With Mark Sanchez. He's the... <laughs> And it's funny because I think most of the people who hate Rex Ryan, who thinks he's a blowhard and a moron and all this, they're not Jets fans. Like the biggest haters of Rex Ryan are always Giants fans or Eagles fans or people in the area. It's never usually Jets fans because I think most Jets fans realize that this is the greatest coach the Jets have ever had, unfortunately. Right. You know, but it's you, you get a very strong opinion from non Jets fans about the topic when usually you don't get non strong opinions from non fans of the team. Yeah. Usually it's just. It's left to that fan base. But every time you bring up Rex Ryan, it'll automatically set off the Giants fan who hates Rex yes, Ryan. Yes, yes. He was a, a topic that brought in other fan bases, mostly Giant fans. And they're all happy he's gone. Meanwhile, my team still stinks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're happy we had bowls. They're right. happy we had gays. Right. But my team still sucks. Right. We miss Rex Ryan for the success that he had. I wish we had him back to piss off Giants fans right. and go to AFC Championships. Oh, on the hockey side, I hate to say this about the Devils, but I think it's true. I think the most Devil talk we really got into and the most passion we got into is when they played the Rangers in the conference finals in 2012, where 
I was obviously rooting for the New Jersey Devils as an Islander fan. Joe's big into it as a Ranger fan. I mean, we were leading every show with hockey for that two-month run. And that was, I think, because, like, the Kovalchuk contract, you know, I don't know how many calls we really took about it. Yeah. Roder's legacy, there's no argument. He's one no. of the greatest of all time. Legend. I, I think the biggest Devil debate actually just featured that, in, that really entertaining six-game series win over the Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Islander one I'm going back and forth about because – a part of me says, well, it's John Tavares. Right. right. That's the first thing I think of. But I also think the, the Islander talk was mostly about moving and where they should play. Yeah. And it featured so many different elements over this decade from are they going to get an arena in Long Island? Are they going to move? Oh, wait, they're moving to Brooklyn. Right. Oh, wait, they're back to the Coliseum. Oh, wait, now they're getting an arena in Belmont. And that lasted many years, obviously. Yeah. That's why I think that one actually passes Tavares because Tavares leaves in the summer. I'm gone for a week. I don't know how much was talked about on this station after it happened. Mm -hmm. I come back, lose my top over it, got a good day talking about it, and then it was about his return. Yeah, it was It was nothing until he came back, and then it was how much do you hate him? Do you, do you, <laughs> you right. know, uh, how much do you hate the pajama picture? Do you give him any credit for going back home and all that? But, yeah, the, the topic of them moving has been one that's lasted for multiple years and is still sort of alive. Yeah. The Ranger one, we, we've talked a lot of Rangers over the years because they've had a great run. In fact, when you look pound for pound, they were probably, I know they didn't win a title, the Giants did, but consistently the most successful franchise, them and the Yankees, you could debate it, in this town. So we talked a lot of Ranger hockey during the playoffs, and there were some debates, the trade for Marty St. Louis, uh, do you like Rick Nash, basically. <laughs> but I think overall it was Lundquist, and it uh, yeah. was, is he great? Should you pay should, him this money? Should they trade him? <laughs> should they trade yeah. him? Can he ever be great if he doesn't win the Stanley Cup? Right. Is he Patrick Ewing? Is he the greatest player in New York sports? Yes. I think it was all. I, I, There's a lot around Lundquist, yes. and a few of them are different. But in the, in the end, it's pretty much the same thing is how big a star is he? Can he ever be on the level of Eli Manning, even though he's better at what probably what he does than Eli Manning was? Yeah. Can he be on that level of Eli, of the Jeters of the world? Without a title. Without a title. Yeah. And. We're, we still don't know. I mean, he yeah. still hasn't won one. That's why it's funny. I think the Giant and Ranger topic is around that player. It's mm -hmm. around Eli Manning's legacy and, in varying ways, Henrik Lundqvist's legacy. And you bring up Lundqvist, a lot of times you're going to get calls right away, whether it was trading him, right. whether it was extending him, whether it was, is he not great, is he not great? We That would usually get a reaction whenever that topic was brought up, by either us or the callers. I think in the NBA with, with my team, with the Nets, the New Jersey Nets and the Brooklyn Nets, if I had to pick one, because we've taken plenty of net calls over the years, probably because I'm a Net fan, mm -hmm. probably the Boston trade. I think when it initially went down, is it a good trade? I, I liked it. I admit it to this day. I defended it at the time. And then obviously the disaster it became. The other thing with the Nets is, hey, can they be popular in Brooklyn? Right. Like, can they compete right. the move with to the Brooklyn, New York Knicks? Yeah. And then can they surpass the Knicks in New York? Or are they, are they always going to be considered the little brother by a lot? Yeah. Because um, the, the trade initially when it happened didn't get that much reaction. It's just the fallout afterward that got all the reaction yes. to it. Right. You know, initially it was it is what it is. Well, it was what it was. And then you hope that it worked out. Now, for years after that, we saw it didn't work out. And right. And, you know, the repercussions from that. I don't know. I'm leaning towards the Brooklyn move. Yeah, and that all-encompassing thing. Because, again, it leads to varying, you know, hey, can they be popular? Can they rival the Knicks? Can they be a strong number two and right. all that? Them taking shots at the Knicks with the billboards right. and that kind of thing. Yeah. The Nick one, it's mellow. It's, do you, basically, it's a simple question. You yeah. like Carmelo Anthony? Right. <laughs> right. Is he the most overrated player in NBA history? Or is he a guy who was underrated and was 
a great Nick for his career here. And, um, and it started immediately because yeah. the trade came with controversy. It was a and polarizing was, trade. Yeah, did they give up too much? Should they have waited? Did Dolan get involved and overstep Donnie Walsh? Was Melo ever really going to approve a trade to the New Jersey Nets? So I think mm-hmm. the trade happened, and there was a lot of excitement. I'm coming home, the whole video yep. stuff, standing ovation. But I think even surrounding the acquisition, there was that controversy and, around and it. And you also had the half people who were saying, oh, my God, can you believe this superstar wants to come to the Knicks? And you got the other half who say, well, if he really wanted to come here, why are we trading for him? Why don't we just wait till his right. contract expires and we get him for nothing? We keep our players. So you're right. From day one, it was the controversy over Melo. And there's still controversy over Melo. Right. From last week, I was talking about whether or not his number should be retired. Obviously, it shouldn't. But then just bringing up Melo brings up negative opinions from Knicks fans who can't stand the guy. But I don't think most Knicks fans dislike him. I think sports talk radio shows the Knicks fans who don't like him calling up. I think there's yeah. a lot of Knicks fans that no, appreciate I, him. I would, I would agree. I would say at least half the Knicks fans appreciate Melo for what he did for the Knicks, but there's a strong contingent. Maybe it's the, the uh, vocal minority, right. but there are a strong contingent of Knicks fans who still can't stand Melo. You know what's funny? I say this, and I know this is going to come across douchey, and that's okay mm. that I'm a Net fan saying this. But I think of how many times this decade I was told by Nick fans, we're back. <laughs> it started with Amari Stoudemire. Yep. It continued with the Mellow trade. Mm-hmm. It continued with, I think, um, Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. The Derek Rose, Joakim Noah acquisitions. Yep. The we're going to win the lottery and get Zion Williamson plus Kevin Durant. We got Kristaps. We got Kristaps. Right. Oh, look out. We, we got Porzingis. <laughs> it, it, it was this theme throughout the decade. How many times are the Knicks back? Yeah. We're back. We're yeah. back. We're back. And we shouldn't leave out the Porzingis thing no. because the debate, and I think this is why we forget about it, because it was quick and it was over. And also because he was hurt. And I think if the guy's healthy, it's a much bigger debate. But because the guy is hurt for most of the year and with a, a horrible, obviously, ACL injury, there was question about would he ever come back at, at, at 100%. So, But you know what? There was never, like with Odell Beckham Jr., we talked about trading him for a while, and then it happened. With Carmelo Anthony, we talked about the Knicks or Nets acquiring him, and then it happened. The Porzingis thing kind of came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. From, we didn't spend that much time from speculating. From noon, there's rumors that he could be traded, and at 3 o'clock, he's a maverick. Right. So was we, how it went down. So on Sports Talk Radio, we just went instantly to, to right. reacting to it. Yeah. Not even saying, this is where I would send him, this is what I would need back. There were rumors a year earlier with Phil that he was looking to trade him on draft night, and mm-hmm. Joe was opposed to it. I was even opposed to it. The injury sort of changed everything. And if my memory is correct, he hadn't gotten hurt yet because I think that's why yep. we were against it. But I, we kind of didn't have time right. to, to talk it about just happened. it that much. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened, and then we reacted to yeah. it. The other thing that I'll say to go against Melo is the biggest topic for the, for the Knicks is the owner yeah. because the owner's been a topic from day one of the decade to still now. Yeah. And it's different topics, All obviously, when you have guys getting thrown out of the building for uh, the le- NBA Nick legends getting thrown out of the building. From fans getting their tickets taken away for saying sell the team, from just everything, from his stupid band, like it's always about James Dolan yep. and how he's bringing down the franchise. So there's, I don't know how to compare it to Melo because Melo's a player right. and he's obviously a lot more polarizing, I think, sometimes than than the owner because everyone agrees the owner stinks. But well, the problem is the owner isn't basketball related, right. though it relates to basketball. If that makes any sense, most of the topics around Dolan were. Him acting like an ass. Right. But um, you, you could argue he's having a worse, much well, much worse effect oh, on the no. team than, than Carmelo Anthony. And that's because Carmelo's gone now. Right. And, and that's, the team is still is even worse. And that's where it's basketball related, that 
you know, him stepping in potentially on a mellow trade and, you know, overriding Donnie Walsh to the Phil Jackson mm-hmm. stuff to everything. But you're right, from the beginning of the decade to now and even the previous decade, you ask any Nick fan, the biggest problem they have is the owner. Yeah, maybe they, we could say that during the first couple years of the Phil Jackson era, there was a belief that it was over, that Phil took over, and Dolan's now going to step aside and let him do his thing. But once Phil's, you know, started to turn sour – it, the focus went back to how awful James Dolan is. And it's interesting because with the Mets, the answer is the Wilpons. That's, like, that yeah. would be my answer. Yeah. But I think it's easier with the Wilpons because we can pinpoint one specific thing, and that's spending. Right. That's it. Yeah. You that's can't say it. Dolan doesn't spend. He does spend. It's right. just that he, even the reputation of Dolan is such a cloud over the organization that's holding them back. Well, and, and also, I think the we take a lot of Met calls, a lot of baseball calls. We save the baseball for last. Mm-hmm. And I think most Met calls we've taken over the years has surrounded lack of spending. Yeah, and that topic of, more than anything else over the decade has been the Wolpons and lack of spending. No doubt. The Madoff scandal happened in this decade. We saw the Mets cut salary in a major way in this decade. We saw them have success. They obviously went to a World Series in 2015. So at least for a few months that year, it wasn't as much about the Wilpons. But for the most part, that was it. The Wilpons don't spend enough. That right. was the overriding Met topic for a decade. Another one from basically, yeah, from the beginning of the decade to the end of the decade, which it's, I mean, it may be over now. We don't know with Cohen coming in. But, right. yeah, the topic has been that the Wilpons do not spend. Even when they were going to the World Series, I think we got fans calling up saying, you know, even if we get to the World Series, it's still the Wilpons that's still going to screw this up in the offseason. But what would be, and you could argue, that we have taken more Met calls over this decade than any other team. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. What would be number two behind the Wilpons? Because I found that one tough. What would be? It wouldn't be DeGrom contract. No, it I don't think it was. Be... It moved quickly. Hmm. Something about David Wright? No. Something about letting no. Jose Reyes go? The bunt and leave? Right and Reyes. The bunt and leave was a big deal. Yeah, the it bunt was. And leave it was, was a huge but it was deal. gone after a couple months. Yeah, it went away. And then eventually. once he's a Marlin, who cares? Matt Harvey in general. Yeah, maybe from Matt Harvey. the rise, the Tommy John, and obviously yeah. him potentially yeah. not pitching with a full amount of innings in the postseason in 2015. It could be Matt Harvey. It probably is Matt Harvey. Yeah. Because, again, The it, good and the bad. Yeah, the rise and the fall. Right, right, right. Because even when he was on the rise, there were people who were a little taken aback by how quick the rise was, the attitude that came with the rise, his, uh, his prima donna-ness, if that's a word. With the rise. And even now, I mean, we got a call this summer of a guy saying, hey, how about we go get Matt Harvey, bring him back for uh, for a second go at this. Yeah, yeah, it's probably Matt Harvey. Yeah, that's amazing. Because yeah. what's that to say about David Wright? He's beloved. He had an injury. He, he got extended. It didn't the work extension. out. And the choosing to keep David Wright and let Jose Reyes go. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think keeping either would have been a good decision. Right, <laughs> looking back, they both were terrible. <laughs> Health being a big part of it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the World Series is a big story, but then after they don't win, it's you know it's on to the next season. Um, I don't think Sandy was that big a topic that it, we got to make more Hiring calls about him Brody? than Harvey. Yeah. No, yeah, it's Harvey. Brody, yeah. Even Degrom's great success. What's the topic? Right, been? it was just about extending him or not. Right. Do you extend him now? Do you wait a year? Do you wait till he's a free agent to extend him? My yeah. prediction is for the next decade, the biggest Met topic will be, is Jacob DeGrom a Hall of Famer? <laughs> That's going to be the big one by 2024. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he's good enough by 2023, 2024, it's decided. Yeah, yeah, it's over. I guess it's, you're right. Or he just falls apart and then it's also decided. So yeah. I think this one's really interesting, the Yankees. Yeah. What has been the biggest Yankee story in the mm-hmm. last decade? Um, I would say A-Rod. 
Yeah. That was a not A-Rod. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you're right. He's still a polarizing guy. Everything I mean, I can't A-Rod. stand A-Rod. Yeah. I mean, it's more than just the baseball with A-Rod. It's just the whole thing with him of, you know, it's it's all about him. It's the contract. It's, you know, his suspension. And then he comes back. And will he be good? Will he be awful? He comes back. He's great. You're right. It is A-Rod. You know, now that I think about it, it's not even close. What, what were the other ones you had? No, I, you know what it was? I kind of forgot about A Rod. Oh, I wish I forgot about A Rod. <laughs> and I thought about. Then he goes to the booth, and we still got to see the guy. <laughs> he's out. he's we, on Shark Tank. He's on. He's with J Lo. Like the guy never goes away. We, he's we, always there. We also had our famous, you know, eight minute interview with A Rod, oh where God. he thought he was on with Kim Jones, probably, right. and then yes. in the middle of it said, "All right, guys, gotta go." Yeah. Yeah, who am I on with again? Joan Evan? Oh, okay. I suddenly have a plane I got to catch. <laughs> I got to go. Yeah. A-Rod coming in with Mike that one day. Oh, yeah. No, uh, you're right. It's lying to Mike from where you're sitting right now. That's right. Same seat. Um, the whole day thing was suing baseball, suing the Yankees, suing the commissioner's and office, then, suing and everybody. He comes back, and Joe, I give Beningo credit, mm-hmm. said from the beginning, guy's going to have a big, big year. year. Guy had 30 home runs. Right. Yep. Guy had a big year. And then his retirement in 2016, which was kind of odd. It came out of nowhere. He's like, all right, this is my final game as a Yankee. Right. <laughs> they set up for the middle of August. Yeah. And that's and it. And then he's gone. <laughs> Goodbye. But he's but he's gone, but he's not completely gone. Because then he's there in spring training calling us, and he's still around somehow. Right. And he's an advisor. and He's been around the entire time. And there are some people who absolutely love A-Rod, and there's some people who absolutely, like me, can't stand A-Rod. Right. And it feels like the people who can't stand A-Rod have caused the other people to like him just because of how much we dislike. <laughs> him like joe likes a rod because of right. how much people like me hate a rod it's true so yeah he's <laughs> i mean he's the most polarizing guy to me in new york sports more than eli more than mellow it's a rod because you know what there are I, factions now of now people don't like jeter because right. he didn't get along with a rod it's you know why i think i sort of tried to put him out of my brain because when you think of the yankees last decade and their performance on the field mm-hmm. a rod didn't have that much to do with it no it was you 09 know, right it was 2009 before no. this decade began and then you had Kind of the, the the end of Jeter, the end of Mariano, mm-hmm. the end of Pettit, into the rebuild, into this current core that we have now of Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and whatnot. See, I think of the other non-A-Rod topics, I think Gary Sanchez is up there. I think Gary yeah. Sanchez over the He's last two years has been this. He's a very polarizing guy. Yeah. You've got some people who absolutely hate the guy and want him off the team no matter what. You know, put Cal Higashioka to start a catcher. Right. And then you got other guys like me. Who said this is one of the top three or four catchers in baseball? What are you talking about? I don't care if he has a pass ball, if it's a three run home run. But you're right there. Just yeah, I just banged the microphone in my head. head. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, but he's up there. Um, I mean, I don't know what else is there. You know, how much? Aaron, uh, how much more? I'll of give a, you one. Aaron Judge versus Altuve for the MVP ended up being a hot debate for a while. Yeah, I don't know. But you know what's funny? Oh, you know, no, you know, actually, the other one is Girardi. Because Girardi was a topic for the a few years with us. Girardi. But even before that, there are people who couldn't right. stand Girardi. We yep. just spoke to him last week. Yep. And the whole Binder Joe thing, and the guy doesn't go by the seat of his pants and all that. And and for years, there were people who called up and couldn't stand Girardi. Yeah. Even when the team was winning, even though the team was exceeding expectations. Um, and, yeah, even when he was fired, there are the people who, like me, thought that he got a, an unfair shake he, and almost didn't like Aaron Boone because of it. The, the other one, and, and I don't know how big it was, and it was the early part of this decade, is as Jeter started to really struggle in his final year, the idea that you got to hit him ninth. Right. And that was yeah. also a topic for a while of what do you do with Jeter. And I think we all agreed, hey, at this point, with where the Yankees are, with where Jeter is, just let yeah, him He earned finish. the right to finish out the way he wants to finish. The guy brought you five world championships. Right. You know, 
you can deal with him batting leadoff for a second and hitting 260, whatever it was. So, and his second to last year, I think it was second to last year, he had a great year. It right. was one of his better years. So, of all the things we talked about, mm-hmm. the biggest topics in sports talk radio in this town over the last decade is what? You'd say A Rod is number one? Um, I almost think we've taken more Eli Manning calls than A Rod. <laughs> yeah, calls. I'd say Eli Manning. Yeah. I think Will Pond. I mean, we even talked about it yesterday. We brought up Eli briefly, and all of a sudden, is he a Hall of Famer? Is he not right, a Hall of Famer? Right, you know? and, and it's been going on for so long. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, I really believe the Eli Manning debate began after that Super Bowl, the second one. Yeah. Where it was, yeah. oh, my God, he beat Tom well, Brady again. He's a two-time champion. It's I could think be. of hosts that aren't even here yet, uh, that haven't even been here for years, who I remember discussing Eli Hall of Fame or not. Right. So that's going back six, seven years now, guys who are long gone and you know discussing funny? Eli's Hall of Fame legacy. It's not going to be the number one topic of the next decade, but it will be a topic because that's yeah. when he's going to be eligible to go in the Hall right. of Fame in the middle of the next decade. And then if he doesn't get in the first time, it'll be a topic oh, after yeah. that. And then if he can get in the second year, it'll be a topic after that. Yeah. And from what you've seen from the early precincts reporting and the writers, it doesn't look like he's a shoo-in to get in right now. Yeah. Things could change in the next five, six years, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's going to get in the first ballot. So we would rank it. This is the way I think I would. Are we rank doing it. national stories too that we talked about well, locally? What national or? stories did we really talk about? A Spygate. I was going to say Sandusky. Uh, Sandusky's the one that took over us for and because briefly, we, like we talked about, you need something to debate for it to be a heavy sports topic. Right. So obviously everyone agrees that Sandusky was awful, what happened, and all that. But the debate then became. Penn State and Joe Paterno, what to do with them? Joe Paterno's legacy. I don't remember what to that do to Penn State. being something we did for days and days at a for, time. No, I think for a few weeks we had it. Really? Um, because yeah, I mean, Kaepernick was in there for a few weeks. Again, I, I think we talked about Kaepernick for a couple of days, but yeah. I don't think it took over. You know what I think nationally? Steroids, nationally. Steroids as oh, and steroids and the Hall of Fame in general. Because that's the topic every year. Every sure. year the, the Hall of Fame vote comes up, we're talking steroids. Steroids and the Hall of Fame in general. And then I also think top quarterbacks of all time is always something Joe and I love to get into. Mm-hmm. And that debate has sort of changed because of how much Tom Brady's won this decade yeah, uh, and how Peyton Manning's career has ended and certainly what Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees have done. And then you compare them with all the, the, the past legends, Johnny Unitas, Sammy Bow, Tanny, uh, Dan Marino, Terry Bradshaw. So I think the old quarterback debate is always one of those national things. And then LeBron. You know, LeBron yeah. James has been better than Jordan or not. Yeah, not even just LeBron versus Jordan. But I think around mm-hmm. here, LeBron's decisions first to go to Miami, yeah. then to go to Cleveland, then to go to the Lakers, the overriding dream that he would come to a local team, which obviously never happened. Mm-hmm. I think LeBron in general, and Joe was a LeBron fan for a while, too, always rooting for him to get yeah. that title. So I think LeBron in general was always something, especially because the local NBA team sucks. Right, so <laughs> and NBA is, is a national sport where you can talk about LeBron and the Lakers are the Heat, and everyone will know what you're talking about. Yeah. You can't do that with baseball. Tiger, too, I think, was always a big topic. Joe being a big yeah, golf guy. Yeah, especially he, after the controversy with yeah. him getting hurt. Yeah, and then uh, and his the comeback. comeback. Yeah. The comeback was huge. Yeah. Can Tiger win another major? Like, yeah, and he's another around. polarizing guy where you either love him or you hate him. There are very few people who feel in the middle about Tiger Woods. I think I would rank, and I'm doing it in terms of calls we would take about it. Mm-hmm. I think I would actually put Will Pond's lack of spending number one. Okay. Because it feels like, hey, anytime we get to the baseball offseason, now oh, the Mets aren't going to spend it's the Will Ponds. Mm-hmm. I think I'd put Eli Manning's legacy number two, and I think I would put A-Rod three and Carmelo Anthony four. I'll just disagree on the first two. I'd flip Eli one just because I think the Will Ponds, only Mets fans calling up about the Will Ponds. I think right. Eli was something that if a fan of any team is calling up about Eli. True, true, true. 
Now, this is a tough one. Yep. The next decade. Mm-hmm. Right, here's what my, will be the biggest story? Well, there's two things that jump out at me that yep. I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Number one. Robot baseball players. <laughs> 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 Number one, if Steve Cohen is really buying the Mets, yeah. are we going to have a decade from the Wilpons never spend yeah. to the Mets or the new evil empire? Yeah. Well, the topic will be, can uh, Steve Cohen uh, run the Mets from prison? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I keep hearing is that the guy's a criminal. Oh, but somehow he's never gone to jail, but he's a criminal. <laughs> and like... Like, the Mets fans were actually supposed to care about what I mean. Could you maybe imagine, he should, though? but, I mean, it, he didn't go to jail, so. I'm not worried about that. You move on. But could you he imagine does something else. if we go from a decade of the Mets being cheap to next decade, like, right. you as a Yankee fan is saying, right. boy, the Mets just keep stealing all yeah, our guys. Yeah, right. I got to deal with them being, like, the Dodgers of the East, just buying, <laughs> getting guys just for the sake of getting guys. I don't know what to expect with that. Yeah. Here's that could be it. My, what else? My, I, this is for you, because I mm-hmm. can't answer this fairly. Mm-hmm. What are we doing next year? when Kevin Durant is playing basketball for the Brooklyn Nets. Because <laughs> so far this year... It'll be a huge topic. Huge. Th- you think you think it yeah. will be? Yeah, because it's Kevin Durant. The, okay. So you think that that will be like an everyday occurrence? How's Kevin doing? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, stuff. there's also going to be other things. I mean, it's still going to be Kyrie's going to be a topic. If the guy's right. not... I mean, Kyrie seems to bring controversy with him. So I have to assume there's going to be something there. And yeah, Durant's a huge superstar. He's going to be on ESPN every day. And win or lose or draw, that's going to be a topic for us. The the other thing, and I don't like doing it because I think comparing it is a waste of time, but naturally this will happen. Mm. The next decade is going to feature a lot of Daniel Jones versus Sam Darnold. A lot of it. Yeah, well, we hope so because if one of them falls away, then it's not going to be a no conversation debate, anymore. Right, I mean, that's fair. I remember I think it was in college where I saw posters of like, I think it was Sanchez versus Eli, and, like, that's over. That's not a topic anymore because <laughs> yeah, Sanchez fell apart after a couple of years. So we hope that it's a debate, uh, Daniel Jones versus Sam Darnold, because that means that they're both actually playing somewhat well and still on the team. Um, I'm trying to think of what else it could be. Well, I think topic. for the Jets, it's going to be firing Adam Gase because I think we expect Adam Gase is going to be the head coach, and I don't think Yeah, Joe but we can say that a lot, of, a lot of the coaches and managers. and Yeah, but I think the, we've the, seen them the cleansed area. out. The, the yeah. ones that – David Fisdale was ripped a lot. He's out. Pat Shermer appears to be out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're starting to see that cleansing of the coaches that a lot of fans didn't like. Mickey Calloway was ripped a lot. He's out. I think, and this is actually, this was a topic that we missed with the Giants, but the Saquon draft was also a big topic for us for a while, and I think that could continue to be a topic for the next decade. If oh, the Giants yeah. don't win a Super Bowl, people will still be looking back saying, hey, Saquon's a future Hall of Famer. But what does it mean if we didn't win a Super Bowl? You know what? That debate is so complicated because it was all about should they take a quarterback. Okay, if Sam Darnold becomes a superstar, Mm -hmm. the Giant fans are going to say we should have taken Sam Darnold. But if Daniel Jones is a success, then what are you actually complaining about if you found your quarterback, even if it was a year later? That's why. That's what makes it such a great topic, though, because there's so many levels to it. It's not as simple as just he's good, he's bad. It's what what the fallout after that. Daniel Jones, like you said, Saquon. You know, if uh, Quentin Nelson become, continues to be an all-pro uh, offensive guard, right. should they have taken him instead? Could, could adding him have maybe made Daniel Jones' career better? Do you, yeah. Could you have gotten a running back somewhere else? Like, let's just say somehow, some miracle, Gettleman finds some sixth-round running back if he's still here next year. Right. And a sixth-round running back ends up being, like, a, a great right. like all-pro running back. You can say, look, you could have had him, and right. he could have had the, the guard or whatever it was. So I think the multi-levels to that is why it's such a great topic. It's going to be a great topic. Unless they win a Super Bowl. Because once they win a Super Bowl, it's over. It doesn't matter. Then it worked. That topic is going to just evolve, like you've said, for the years and years based on the success or failures of guys around that. But you're right. That was a big one. Should the Giants take a quarterback? Should they take a quarterback? Oh, they took Saquon Barkley. And even now, we, you know, and like I said, we're going to continue to get calls of 
We shouldn't have taken him. We should have taken this yep. guy. What's it doing for us now? We're still at the top of the draft with this guy. I mean, my God, if if Saquon's career ends the next three or four years, oh, like running God. backs do sometimes. Yeah. I mean, look at these other guys. These other running backs. Like, look at Elvin Camaro. He's got two touchdowns right now. Yeah. If that fault goes south, oh, my God. Yes, that'll be a big one into the next decade. Thank you, Ernie. I appreciate it. We took a look at Less the, than two hours. That's right. <laughs> that's a ni- This is a nice, timely, pocket-sized edition to wrap up the decade in review of the Evan Roberts podcast. Thank you very much for listening.